So it's just like I want to create something that is technology enabled, um, that really gives people their a voice and then also informs them and encourages them to 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 vote and step out and actually like make change for themselves. And I think personally, I think that starts with the youth vote. I think change starts with the youth vote. If we can get young people voting, we're gonna make a lot of change because by 2036, we'll be the highest voting population. So that's really why I started, um, just really wanting to make a change in my own community and in the greater community. For sure. What up, though? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another installment of the Black Friday's podcast. I am here today with Arabia, who is revolutionizing how we poll when it comes to political campaigns, political activities, and so forth. So how you doing today, Arabia? Hey, I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Of course. Of course. Appreciate you pulling up to the podcast and would love to learn a little bit more about your app that you are in the final stages of developing, getting ready to come out, get tested and be in the market. Pogo. So could you tell us about Pogo, what it means, what it does and a little bit about your background, too, as well? Cool. Um, yes, I definitely can. So POGO stands for Politics on the Go. And essentially what we are building is a nonpartisan mobile app um, that acts as a personalized voter guide that streamlines election research, right? So imagine you put in your zip code for our platform and then you choose a little survey about um, how much you care about certain issues and your values. And then we take that and match you with candidates who most closely align that are on your ballot. Um, we also allow you to view like your polling locations, um, if you're registered to vote, if you need to register to vote and give you all those types of resources. And then like you mentioned before, we also have a polling aspect where you can be active and civically engaged beyond election periods to really let us know um, what issues you care about. Um, and hopefully in turn that will make the campaigns that we are working with um, tailored more towards young people, which is our target audience. And then a little bit about myself. I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. My background is in computer science and studio art. I came to Detroit because I'm a Venture for America fellow, and I was working at an HR tech startup um, doing product and project management. Um, and yeah, now I'm about to graduate from Venture for America, and I'm doing my business full time. So I'm really excited to really take that next step and hopefully change how we engage with politics as young people. Absolutely, and early congratulations on the graduation for, from Venture for America. And could you tell us a little bit more about that program and how did you end up going that route? Yeah, so, um, well, overall, Venture for America, just start off, is a two-year fellowship program that takes people who want to be entrepreneurs or startup leaders in the future and place them in emerging startup cities. So Detroit is its biggest location. We're also in Tulsa, St. Louis, Baltimore, Philly, you can name it, right? Um, but focus on those small cities that are really emerging in this area of startup and technology. Um, and then we have a kind of like a placement program um, where you work at a startup to get experience. And then after after you graduate, you can have access to all the resources that Venture for America um, has, such as an accelerator, um, funding, investments, just the network overall. Um, yeah, I think our alumni network is like 1,200 people right now. Um, so yeah, it's really cool. And I got involved because when I graduated from college in 2019, I already knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, I've been doing art as a business since I was like 
in middle school um, and then going into college I knew I wanted to utilize technology so I felt like Venture for America was a perfect opportunity because I was struggling with like getting a job in the places that I wanted to get but then I also wanted to work in startups and have that real world experience being a young founder I know a lot of time people are just like you don't have enough experience and all that so I was like Venture for America is going to give me the experience I need and it very much did I got access to so many opportunities through Venture for America and even at my job like they treated me as if I was an equal and as if I really knew what I was doing, even though I was coming in and learning on the job. So it was a great opportunity, and I definitely recommend people to um, do Bench for America. Um, yeah, that's kind of like why I got into it. Do you know how long it's been around? Because I think it's a fire concept, and I wish it was, or I knew of, because it probably has been around since then. When I was graduating college, that would have been a, a great route to take or something I know I would have been interested in. Yeah, so Venture for America, I think, has been around for about 10 or 11 years. Um, and we can fact check that, of course, but it's been around for a little bit. Detroit was his first city, um, and they do a lot of different recruitment styles. I know they're doing tailoring now to do more like HBCU recruitment and things like that to make sure that we're getting more diverse talent. Um, they also go to like univer other universities and stuff like in Michigan and stuff. So it definitely has been a while for uh, been around for a while, but I think they're now really nailing down like their traction in, in marketing and like getting more and more people in um to the fellowship that's dope that's dope so i'll definitely get more into your background in a second but want to introduce you to my favorite part of black fridays which is freestyle friday And because, I mean, you're from Brooklyn, you're from New York, you're going to have to hold the, all the five boroughs down and, and give us some bars. <laughs> you dead serious? No, no. You don't have, yeah, <laughs> have to have no bars unless you have them ready. Unless you have nah, them ready to go. Nah, I got a little rap. I could pull out my phone for real. Okay, we're going we gonna to come back to it. Right. We're going to come back to it. <laughs> I'm but, not a rapper, though. I just be playing around. Okay. Every so often, you dabble. Yeah. Okay. So we a random assortment of questions. They all about you. I just want you to answer each one and answer honestly. Cool. All right. So, uh, other than Brooklyn, what's the best borough in New York? Damn. I first of all, let me clarify. As a New Yorker, <laughs> let me tell you what the five boroughs are. Yes, thank and they're you. not what you think they are. Thank right? you. Brooklyn, the Bronx, Queens, Harlem, Manhattan. Don't even nobody even. Don't even bring it up. It's Harlem. It's not, it's not real. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like it's Harlem. Yeah. And then, you know, Long Island and Staten Island could could share a spot. I just to clarify. Thank you. Okay. It is not what they say. The news, the five boroughs that other people have is not what we go by. Gotcha. So I would say the second best is Harlem because Harlem mm. be lit. That's where the money at. And if we had to go to third, Queens, because they food is bomb. Diversity is there. Um and they also get mad money in Queens. So okay, yeah, I got a I got a question for you. I just want to know what's your issue in New York <laughs> with the Bronx? Like, why does everybody have like look look down on the Bronx? What's the what's the beef? What did they do to y'all for the the other boroughs? What's up with y'all in the nah, Bronx? Nah, let me tell you what it is. I'm out to get real philosophical, historical <laughs> on you real quick. Please, it's really it's real life oppression, mm. like. The Bronx, the reason why people get on the Bronx is because of the, the way that the Bronx is treated. Um, and that's why the Bronx has a name, like being dirty and all that, because literally, like, the mayor was paying 
like organizations to burn down their buildings and like really like disenfranchising a whole group of people. So the Bronx was literally dirty, mm. and it's still it's still like like that now. Um, they're building it up and stuff, but like I've I've grown out of oh I hate the Bronx. Da da da. My girlfriend's actually from the Bronx, so mm. I got love for the Bronx. I would just say in terms of the best borough. The best thing that came out of the Bronx is hip hop. So mm. I'm not gonna do no Bronx slander. I just think For that sure. people don't like it because they're not educated enough to really know the history why we say what we say. And they um, kind of join the bandwagon and just exactly. say, yeah, Bronx. But it's is dirty. honestly it's messed up. Okay. It's messed up. So gotcha. we gotta stop the Bronx slander. They definitely got hip hop on lock. Um the food out there is lit, people lit. The Bronx is lit. It's just everything is on a hill. So that's the only thing you got to know when you go to the Bronx. Definitely don't think you're walking around because you're going to die. For sure. For sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I told you, I, I lived in Rhode Island for a summer. That's similar to Rhode yeah. Island. It, get, it, it can get hilly. So that yeah. that makes sense. So thank you for the historical context on that because I've always been wondering. Uh, as far as your transition to Detroit, what would you say your favorite thing about the city thus far or experience or anything like that? Um, I'm going to say... A mixture between the people and then also just the energy. I think that Detroit has a very special energy, especially in the summertime. Detroit is lit in the summertime. Mm -hmm. I think people come together beautifully. Um, and I could just see how, like, this is going to be... I, I look at Detroit as, like, the Midwest Atlanta, like... Detroit is blowing up, um, and I just, for me, I'm just appreciative of being a part of that um, coming here. So I would say overall, that's my favorite part. I just love being in the blackest city in America. Like, it's lit. That's what's up. That's what's up. I love that. And do you have a favorite app? Because we're talking about being in the app space, being the founder. What's your favorite app that you use right now? Dang. Outside of Pogo, even though I'm, I'm, I'm just testing it. But I would say... It's a little nerdy. I love Discord. Mm. Discord is, and I know there, there's also like the website and all that, but I would say like Discord as an app, as a company, definitely gives me the feeling of community building. And I just love how nitty gritty it can get when it comes to startup culture. Like people really be chopping it up on Discord. Um, and I think that it's a different, an alternative to social media in a way because it's more like, I guess community based rather than like trying to show out with flex culture and all that. Like it's literally a bunch of nerds just nerding out about what they love. And you could have a discord about anything, mm -hmm. you know? So that's, I know it's like not a traditional answer, but I would say definitely discord. Dope. Dope. And do you have like a inspirational quote or anything like that, that you live by? <sighs> Dang, that's hard. I'm going to say, Mm, no, I do have one on my email, but no, I don't remember it right now. I'm going to say song, though, if that's cool. For sure. Dreams and Nightmares, I still, like, that's still my get ready, like, I'm hype song. Mm -hmm. um, and then Belly of the Beast by Joey Badass. Okay. Like, those songs get me hype. They get me, like, ready to do the thing, you know. So Dreams and Nightmares is your daily affirmation. Yeah, like I, really, I listen to that a lot. I like it. <laughs> That's the first, Still. but I like it. I'm with it. So congratulations. You successfully passed Freestyle Fridays. Thank you. For sure. So thank you for engaging in the uh, randomness and want to go back into more about Pogo and what led you to go the route of doing political polling or a political-based app. So I know that you said the overall... the 
guidance or vision that you have for it is to get more young folks into politics or thinking about politics in a certain way. But for you, why politics? Was that your like uh, background, educational background, career background? Why did you want to get into that space? Yeah, so it's really it is not my educational background or anything like that. I've just always been a community organizer since um, I was young in a little different areas, like more of like fighting back on uh, police brutality and things like that rather than like politics, so to say. Um, but I've been doing that since I was young and I've always been really politically um, engaged. Like I used to go to my um, council meetings and things like that in middle school, literally. And then even in my high school and stuff, like that was a part of our curriculum. Um, so it was really embedded in me to like care about my community. So I would say my background is more in like community organizing side and then I was, um, doing a lot of organizing work with New York City through like their um, neighborhood safety initiatives called Instat. Um, and then growing up, I'm, I grew up in the project. So literally for me, I saw like how the laws that were being passed and bills and things like that being passed, how it literally affected my community in ways that other people didn't really see, even people older than me. And I feel like I was always aware of those things. So when I went to school, I knew I wanted to major in computer science because I wanted to give back. And I believe that technology is a vehicle for change. So that's really where that came in. And then I just found myself just being super frustrated with just politics in general. I've always, like, people always told me, like, I should be po a politician. I, I'm never going to be a politician. That's right. not something I want to do. Right. Um, and I just found myself battling with that. So I started because when I was in college, when I voted for the first time, even though I was so super engaged civically growing up, I still didn't know what the fuck I was doing, like, at all, literally. I got my absentee ballot. I re registered for it early and everything like that. And it came the day before elections. I didn't know who was on my ballot outside of the president, people running for president. And I didn't even know some of the positions. Like, I was like, what is a comptroller? Like, mm -hmm. I didn't know we vote for a school board. Like, what is going on here? Mm -hmm. You know? And that was like my major frustration. And when I looked around and when I talked about it with other people, they were all going through the same things, regardless of if they were civically engaged or not. Some of my gov major friends didn't know what they were doing and didn't have places to really find information on candidates that wasn't just from the news, mm -hmm. right? And even then, the news is biased. It's filled with jargon, words that we don't understand. If you don't have a college degree or didn't major in government, it's really hard to understand what they be talking about. Right. Like, I'm smart, and I still don't know what they be talking <laughs> about. So it's like I want to create something that is technology-enabled, um, that really gives people their a voice and then also informs them and encourages them to, to, to vote and step out and actually, like, make change for themselves. And I think, personally, I think that starts with the youth vote. I think change starts with the youth vote. If we can get young people voting we're going to make a lot of change because by 2036, we'll be the highest voting population. So that's really why I started um, just really wanting to make a change in my own community and in the greater community. For sure. And what do you where do you feel like different political organizations, politicians, where do they currently fall short in terms of engaging young folks or empowering young folks when it comes to voting or being abreast of different political situations? Because I, one thing that I think about when you were talking about your path was how Barack Obama was essentially able to get elected um, 
it might not be majority, but what he did really well was engage young people and like empower young people as far as yeah. being a part of campaigns and things like that. And we seen like very high young folk voter turnout rates. So wondering where do you think current the current state of politics falls short with that? And I know that your app is an opportunity to improve upon that, but where what are where are they missing the mark right now? Yeah, that's a great question, and I love that question. Um, I would say just in general engagement, like the outreach practices and a lot of campaigns, especially if you don't have large budgets, right? Obama had a large campaign budget, so he can really reach people in the way that we expect campaigns to go. Um, but for smaller campaigns, they don't have the resources to actually reach people. So a lot of the traditional methods right now in terms of outreach are still door to door, phone call, maybe a little text if they're tech savvy. Um, but it's still very much like the traditional and for millennials and Gen Z, especially, we change our phone numbers often, change our addresses often. I literally have changed my address for three times since moving here. I've been here for two years. <laughs> like, we change our address often. And then also, like, we are discouraged by politicians themselves because they are not talking about the things that we necessarily care about in their campaigns. So we have to go extra mile to find if this person aligns with our views and values, right? Um, and then I would say the other side of that is polling. Polling still is going off those traditional outreach methods. You need a lot of resources in terms of manpower to actually carry out a poll. Most polls are not um, using technology right now, it's still paper. Um, and if the, they are, it's like a survey, right? And people are not filling out surveys if there's no incentive. Yep. Facts. I Especially know I'm not. Especially not yeah. a millennial or a Gen Z. Yep. We're not doing it. If you not, you got to at least give me a dollar gift card. Anything. Like, <laughs> it could literally be a dollar gift card. Yeah. Like, it could be free Uber Eats. And it I need has to guarantee. I don't though. need to be entered in a raffle. I need to be guaranteed. I, definitely. And that's really what where they're missing the mark. It's they don't un, they don't understand how social media has um kind of. It's not even a bad thing necessarily, but I think social media has changed the way that we engage. So when we are looking to engage with campaigns, we're looking to engage in the way that we know, right? Which is a streamlined process, packaged information, right? Like we don't watch videos as long as in 30 seconds nowadays. So if they are trying to do more tech savvy stuff like social media ads, a lot of the time it's still through like the traditional campaign ad rather than engaging us in ways that adds to culture, adds to what we care about, which is culture and issue-based um, things. So that's really what drives our generation. I feel like they're missing the mark in that way because they, they aren't evolving with the times in terms of technology and outreach. Let me ask you this because uh, you probably have a better understanding of this than me. I, years ago, I talked to a friend about he had an idea to be able to digitize the voting process. So right mm -hmm. now you have to go to the polls, you got to write on paper, blue or black ink, however they do it. And they put it in Scantron and off it goes. But I was wondering why is that not the case? Why are we not there yet? Like it's a lot of things I can do from my phone and I can kind of understand like the different nuances of security, privacy, tampering, all that type of stuff when it comes to tech. But if I get locked out of my Google password, like it's almost a wrap if I don't if I don't come correct or know certain information. So I feel like it's different ways to like lock things down from a digital standpoint, but under trying to better understand why can't we why is it more convenient to vote from a digital standpoint, either via our app 
or why are we not using it in some type of machine when yeah. we go to polls or maybe we go to a specific location, use certain computers? Like just wondering why is that not the case and why have we not entered that, that space of voting? Why is it still archaic? Yeah. So from what I've seen, there has been a lot of efforts. There are a couple of different founders who are building mobile apps around that. And then also like local government um, working to do more digital based voting through machines and stuff like that. Um, but I would say the biggest roadblock is the, um, the I'm trying to say this like in a cool way. I would say okay. like the government in, in, in terms of like the resources, right? So whether it's like the technology resources um, or even like financial resources, in order for that to happen, everybody has to be on board with it. Right. Because young people aren't the only people voting. So it would have to be like uh, trainings for older people who need to use technology. Um, but then there also needs to be data and privacy protections and all those things in place. And I don't think just yet the government has found a way to work with organizations or companies that are building technology to do that, because that's really where it comes from. Right. The government is not building this technology right now. Right. They're looking out to outsource that and. But at the same time, those companies that are building that aren't getting, aren't necessarily always getting the resources that they need from the government to do that, right? It, it's a whole lot of paperwork. It's a lot of things about, like I said, data and privacy, um, even like records. A lot of local elections, right, like county level elections are paper. And if they are doing database work, it's more of like somebody is doing data entry work and it's still gathered, though, on paper. So I would say that's the biggest thing right now. We haven't found a way to really work with the government um, that I would say effectively does that. And if it is, it's still really early on. Like I know some people who are doing that work. And that's also why I didn't go that route, um, because it's just so many like the government process is so much longer than um a normal startup process or a normal nonprofit process. There's so many more doors that you have to go through and people have to approve and all of that. And as we can see in the media right now, like the government is not really approving a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And another thing I would like to add to that, yep. um, very briefly, I would say also, we just have a long history of voter suppression in this country. So if we do go the technology route, it, there's so many things that need to be addressed before we could even give people the ability to vote by phone, um, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Got you. <clears throat> and as far as one thing that POGO is going to do in terms of supporting people is being able to provide real-time information about certain politicians, campaigns, and so forth when it regarding government, I want to know, do you have any advice for people on best practices in doing your research about candidates? Because I know my whole thing is I at least want to read about the candidates. When I lived in the state of Washington, they used to send a whole booklet like with candidates and their information. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they might have websites, sometimes they may not. You know, you it, it's sometimes hard to dig in if you really want to, like if you're paying attention and you care because there's still people out there that's just voting straight ticket or however you however you do it, which yeah. is not yeah, not the best way to go. But that's my personal opinion. Do do as you please. But want to know if you could 
if you had any tips on best practices right now with the information that's available and how it's dispersed, how people can get more information about their local elections, elections in general, and doing research on candidates, some real research. Yeah, so I love that question. And this is exactly what Pogo is trying to solve because the, the reality is when the further down you go, the more local you go, there's not a lot of information. Right, so when you are talking about local elections, I'll start with local and then go up. Local elections, it's about being in your community, right? So if you know people are running for office, go to the events that they're throwing, right? Because more than likely, if somebody's running for school board, they may be in their 60s, 70s, they may not even have a website, right? So you need to literally go and hear what they're talking about. Um, and I know that's a lot for a lot of people, um, but I would say that's why we're trying to build Pogo to help out with that. Um, but I would say go to those events, go to your community uh, council member meetings, all that stuff, um, city council, um, go to their websites if they have one and do that research. See what's coming up with them uh, when it comes to the news as well. So like type their name in Google, any news outlets. If they're talking about them, they're probably a bigger name. Um, I would say also talk to people in your community. When it comes to voting, especially for people of color, I feel like we've historically been discouraged to talk about who we're voting for. And that is literally how we continue to be outside of like the government literally suppressing us. Um, but I would say like that is literally how we continue to be suppressed because we don't know what other people are thinking about. The community is a strong is a strong resource when it comes to researching candidates because some people may know these people personally. Right. And on the local level. Right. Right. Like. That is really important. So really talk to your community. Ask your elders, what do they think about these things? Have little debates in your house. Like all those things are really important in terms of civic education. So I would say do that. Google is your friend. Um, if you, again, when you Google them, if you see anything that you don't like, make note of it. Um, try to write it down in a notebook or Google Drive. Um, and then there's also a bunch of other digital resources that you can use on like the nonprofit side. So mm -hmm. Vote for Run One has a digital voter guide um, where you put in your address and it shows you who's on your ballot, things like that. Um, one of our competitors as well, Ball Ballot Ready does that. They do great work. Um, Ballotpedia, which is like Wikipedia for politics, mm. they also do similar things. So use the digital tools that are accessible to you. Um, and what, what's really special about Pogo and what will change that is that we're just trying to take all that information and streamline it yeah. for the voters. So yeah. that really what, what sets us apart um, and why I see us changing the way that we engage with voting in the future. So. So if y'all still listening, do not go and get your information from Twitter, from yeah, Reddit, no, from meant, Facebook. I did not mention yeah, social yeah, media. That, <laughs> do not base your votes and, and who these political elections off of what you see on these social media platforms. Yeah. I just wanted to make that disclaimer. Yeah. And if you do see things, again, if you see things on social media, you need to do your own research. Right. Don't just take that and run with it because social media is not true. It's media. Yeah. Okay. Media can be twisted and turned to make you believe a certain thing. Yeah. So just do your own research every single time, right. depending on the, no matter what the candidate is. And then national elections, there's campaigns. So you'll have mm -hmm. way more resources and stuff. One of the examples of that that I saw the other day was, I think the Shade Room had posted, this, it was like President Joe Biden is sleeping with a ventilator or something like that because of sleep apnea. And obviously it's kind of alluding to like he's older, like all that yeah. type. Like it's very suggestive without them outwardly saying that. But I'm like, you know how many people sleep with ventilators like because of sleep apnea? How many people get sleep apnea in the United States alone? Like I, that's not 
That's yeah. not big news. Like I, I but you kind of see that's why I was like, you can't you can't go based off of what social media is telling you. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. A hundred thousand. <laughs> I agree. For sure. And could you talk to people and let them know? To me, it's very important. I always tell people your local elections that impacts your day to day. Of course, president, all those type of things, very important to vote for. But what's going to literally impact you directly is your your local officials, elected officials. Can you talk about the importance of going to those primaries and whenever those type of things come up in in your area, why you should be um, making the effort to go and vote? Yeah, no, definitely what you already said, right? The local election is going to determine like your life for the next couple of years. Some of these local positions don't get elected for another like four years, five years, depending on the position. Judges, they, they're they in there, right? Like when you vote for a judge, they're in that position, right? So mm-hmm. some people don't even know that we vote for judges. So looking at those local elections, right? I'm gonna use the judge case for um, for example, right? That judge now, depending on the type of judge that they're, they are, they're going to be judging people who are committing crimes or not committing crimes, but still going to jail, right? These are the people who are making decisions on our livelihood. School board, right? This decision, these people are making decisions on your children's lives or your future children, your nieces, nephews, little cousins, whatever, right? They're making those decisions. So the local elections, I would say is the most important thing to be voting in um, because that literally affects your livelihood. It affects the districts. It affects the funding that's coming into your community. It affects um, housing. It affects schools, education, it affects judges, police departments, literally everything that affects you right now as a person happens through the local election. Um, and then on the national level, that that affects the whole country. So I would say definitely lo- local elections you should be voting in and going to those events um, and trying to get on top of it, right? Even if, like council people, is a great place to start. Just getting to know who's your council members is like the best thing you could do because they're, they want people to come. <laughs> literally, they literally want people to come. Mm-hmm. So if you just make one nice friend with a council member, now they're going to be telling you when all the meetings are. That's your, that's your person right there, mm-hmm. you know? And then you can publicize that to your other friends. Like we need to make it cool to be voting in your local elections. Like we need to be making it a fun activity. It shouldn't be, oh, I need to just go and vote or, um, and my vote doesn't matter because yeah. it literally does. Right. I'm smiling a little bit because if you have had a chance to learn anything about Detroit politics and the history of it, we'd have some wild city county yeah. city county boards and some <laughs> wild city county meetings. You just go on YouTube, you'll see how how crazy they yeah. get. Like they was on some some Eric Mays times, like Eric Mays before he was Eric Mays type stuff. So, uh, yeah, very, very interesting um, political history we have here in uh, the city of Detroit. And I want to ask you because I. I'm starting to, as I get older, starting to have a bit more of an issue of like idolizing political figures. However, I want to phrase this question in the sense of, do you have any political figures, organizations or anything like that, that you vibe with, like that you feel like, you know what? Okay. Are you aligned with what it is that I believe in or the stuff that you're trying to do for the people? Because at the end of the day, they're supposed to represent the larger group of people that they're, you know, um, that they're tasked at representing. So I want to know if you had any political figures that you vibe with. Yeah. Um, let me think. I'm going to try to... 
I'm going to say Obama, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't always agree with his decisions when he was president, but mm-hmm. I think the work that he's done after becoming president is monumental. Like the work he's doing with Civic Nation, when we all vote, these are nonprofits that all come out of his, him and Michelle Obama's like expertise and stuff. They're doing a lot of great nonpartisan work to mm-hmm. help people get voting, voting, um, especially on the young person side. So I would say anything that they're doing right now, um, I vibe with a lot because my biggest thing is getting young people voting, voting informed and having nonpartisan sources to go to that isn't trying to sway your mind. Like that's something we're not trying to do at Pogo. Why am I trying to tell you what who to vote for? I'm trying to show you what is facts and what's fake, literally. Um, so I would say Obama... And I'm going to count Michelle, even though she's not political, whatever. Right. But to me, she is. She's my president. Um, <laughs> and then I would say Big Gretch. Like, she really- Big Gretch. She does what she got to do. And I really mm-hmm. vibe with her. I've never met her. But I really vibe with her because she really, in my opinion, I feel like she she's about the people. Like, she's about advocating for all different types of people. And I feel like she's done a lot of great work. Um in her uh, position so far. So I would say definitely Big Gretch. She, she's out here doing good things. Um, oh, one more. Haley. Oh, my gosh. What's her last name? She's, um, I have to look for her last name. But Haley, she is a senator. And she's been all over Detroit, all over Michigan. Um, she's a Michigan senator. And she's really just doing a lot of great work. She is another person that really cares about all different types of people and advocating for those people. Like, she was just the other day in, in a black church, like, literally wearing church, the whole get get up, like, yeah. church hat, everything. Like, this yeah. is a little short white lady. <laughs> and she really, she's really about the people. And she mm-hmm. also really cares about technology and STEM. And that's something that's really important to me. So, um getting more young people into STEM, more people of color, more minorities into STEM is super important to me. So I would say those three. Is it, you said her name was Hillary? Haley. Haley, Haley, gotcha. I'm forgetting her last name. I'm bad with names. Okay. But she's a Michigan senator. All good. Any Michigan senators named Haley, make sure you tap into the podcast, tap in with Pogo. Yeah. Uh, if if we can, if we can um, circle back and figure out who that is. So want to know for you, for Arabia, you're, you got graduation coming up and then Pogo is about to um, be launching as far as uh, beta testing and things like that go. What's next? What's on the horizon for you? Next steps. And um, before you answer, I'm going to give you a little bit more time because we're going to try to encourage her to stay in the city of Detroit. I know you <laughs> might want to you might be ready to go back home to New York, but I'm sure you you probably also feel like it's, it's a lot of work that can be done here in Detroit. Yeah, um, I'm glad you said that. So for me, next steps after I graduate in a couple weeks from BFA, I'm going full time my business. So I'm trying to get into some accelerators and things. I got some things in the pipeline, get funded um, and launch in Michigan. and I do plan on staying here for another couple of years. I don't know how long yet, but I'm playing it by ear. I do plan on getting a property. Like I, I like real estate and stuff. Um, so I'm thinking about doing some sort of investment property that I live in also. Um, so that's really important to me. Uh, what else? For me, really, in this next, like, up until I'm 30, I'm really just trying to grind out. Like, I'm just trying to get my business up and running um, and really become the household name for voter engagement and getting people voting. So, mm. especially on the information side. So, that's really what's next for me. I'm also an artist, so I'm looking to do some more types of, like, art shows and stuff. I have a collective that I run out of New York. I mean, mm. we're trying to transfer over to Detroit, start doing some events for the youth because we do, like 
art events for the youth that expose them to different mediums, non-traditional art mediums and things mm-hmm. like that. So that's really what I'm looking at right now. Um, hopefully, next couple months, I'll have a car. Because I've been okay. in Detroit, no car, y'all. What? How have you yeah, been making bro. around? I'll be outside. I'll just, walk- <laughs> <laughs> I just be walking, taking a bus. If I got a little extra money, I'll Uber. But okay. yeah, I'm dedicated. Like I'm out here um, really in Detroit. I love that. I love that. That's the best way to get to know the city, catching the bus. I, Literally, yeah. I got bus stories for days. That could be a whole podcast episode on in, on the song. Yeah, so that's really where I see myself. Um, staying in Detroit for another couple of years. Um, I'm not ready to go. Well, I'm always ready because I'm a New York girl. Like, I love New York. But I also want to live my 20s in other places. So, yeah. Do you go back and forth at all? Yeah, um, I go to New York and then I have family in Pennsylvania I'm in Baltimore, so I'm New York, Baltimore, Philly, Pennsylvania, other parts of Pennsylvania. I know Pennsylvania. Philly's in Pennsylvania. Don't gotcha. call me. Gotcha. <laughs> Love Philly. Love Philly. I'm a huge uh, fan of Philadelphia, and then I also, aside from the Lions, uh, I'm an Eagles fan. So, yeah, Philly always got a special place in my heart. That's cool. I don't really like football, but I respect it. <laughs> All good. I played rugby, so I, I just same some, thing. I, it is the same thing, but I, I just, I don't know. Football just feels so much more dangerous. I, I could argue that. <laughs> I could argue against that, but um, yeah. not nah, that for sure. Uh, what else? Oh, I was going to ask you, as far as your art, your what type of art do you do? Uh, or are you just more so kind of like the uh, uh, appreciative of the arts and like to work and collaborate with different artists? Or are you like you actually getting your hands dirty and doing artwork yourself? Yeah, so I haven't done really formal art in the last like year because I've been focused on Pogo. Mm. Um, but my other major in college was studio art. So I have experienced more digital mediums because I love technology. So I do animation, video game development, like on the art side. Mm. Um, and then when I'm having fun, painting, might do some illustration or installation work. Nice. So I'm multimedia artist mostly. Dope. Yeah. Dope. So hopefully we'll get a chance to see more of your artwork in the city as you yeah. you start to um, incorporate more of that. And do you see any, the work that you're doing in tech and being a founder and then your artwork, do you see any overlap between the two of those? Yeah. So I don't want to talk too much about my other um, sure. collective too much because I know we're talking about Pogo. But mm-hmm. really what I want to do is create like an arts education space. I don't know if you ever heard of like The Wreck in Philly. I haven't. It's a, I love the rec. Shout out to the rec and all of them. But um, they basically have like a membership program where artists can come and just use utilize their space. It's kind of like a co-working space, but it's like studio. So something like a podcast studio. They'll have like a dance studio, painting studio. Mm. And you could basically just do what you want now. I want to do okay. something similar to that, but dedicating it directly to like the youth. I'm big on youth. That I just love young people. Like I just want to see the next generation be good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really trying to expose young people to different art mediums and also merging using technology to amplify that. So I think even for painters, things like that, if you learn how to use technology, you could really digitize your work easily. That's cut costs, right? You can make NFTs. You can do a whole bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really trying to create some education around that and then have it do more of like a community-based um, program in a center or something like that. I don't know where just yet. I started in New York. I don't know. Maybe I'll end up in Detroit doing that. Maybe mm. it'll be in Philly. I don't know. So that's really why I see myself in terms of my art. 
Very dope. Very dope. So I look forward to seeing the journey as far as Pogo goes and then also your other uh, extracurricular activities. The work that you're doing is important. So I appreciate you Thanks. taking the time to pull up to the podcast, break down some political myth myths. I can't I can't say that word. I struggle all the time, but some political stigmas that um, surround different aspects of that that realm government things like that so thank you for breaking that down for us and explaining it to us and appreciate you appreciate your time thank you so much Denzel. i'm really happy to be here for sure and everybody watching i'll catch y'all next time peace it's lit <laughs>